0: Welcome to Echo, the podcast where we share our personal perspectives on questions about God, spirituality, and the Seventh-day Adventist Church. I'm Ryan Becker, your host. No matter who you are, we hope that you find value and encouragement through real discussions about real things. Let's jump in. This episode of the Echo podcast is sponsored by Southern Adventist University. Hey guys, real quick, just want to give you a quick Uh, notice that, uh, this episode, some heavy topics do come up. So if you have any sort of history or experience with, um, kind of abuse or some really traumatic faith events, um, just want to get you, um, just give you the heads up that, that there is some of that that takes place in this episode. So if you need to emotionally prepare yourself, um, we just didn't want to catch you off guard with that. So, um... We hope you enjoy this this episode, and we promise you all of this does end positively as well. Um, but we didn't want you to go in blind. So thank you so much for being uh, for listening and, and for being a part of this journey, and enjoy the episode. Welcome to ECHO. My name is Ryan Becker. I'm your host, and I am so glad that you are joining us today. I am joined by two wonderful friends of mine, uh, someone I went to school with and someone who I've become friends with uh, through other projects and things, as well as um, she's a student as well. So... Um, Go ahead. Let's start with Rich. Just tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Cool. Well, I'm Rich Mascaloni. I am a uh, pastor here in the Carolina Conference. I uh, I do both Carolinas with pastoring. I'm in Pembroke, North Carolina, and uh, which is a Native American community, and it's super cool to be awesome. living there, working there. My wife works there, and with our, our now one dog, potentially. Um, and then I also pastor in Florence, South Carolina, just over the border.
0: Hmm. And, uh, yeah. Cool. Awesome. And then, uh, Rachel, what about you?
2: I'm um, Rachel Beaver. I am an intern in the communications department at, here at the Carolina Conference.
0: Awesome. And um, before we jump in, um, Rich, as promised, I want I want to give you some space here. Um, tell us about the uh, podcast that you're involved with.
1: Thank you, Ryan. Um, my buddy Ruben Casabona and I both started a podcast called Clarity. And the point of what we try to do is, you know, there's so much going on in the world around us. And um, we each have gone through experiences where we've gone through trials, difficulties, and um, had a moment, like an aha moment, when we've realized um, a major solution to a major problem, like the whole eureka moment. Mm -hmm. And we call these moments of clarity. So what we're trying to do is, with the podcast, show the times that we experienced ideas that changed how he thought and lived for the mm. better, awesome Which connects to what we're going to talk about today. And yeah. so, yeah, absolutely. We're um, we're on Apple Podcasts. We're trying to get on Spotify. There was a small issue with our intro music that we're going to fix. But um, Clarity underscore podcast on Twitter and um, Facebook as well. Oh, careful! Yeah. Don't be too you passionate just look for now. Clarity on Facebook and you'll find it. And we're you'll gotcha. find us on Anchor. Yeah, Apple, everywhere else. Sweet.
0: Awesome. So yeah, go check that out too. Um if you if you like what Rich has to say today. Um and if you don't, go check it out anyway. And uh, so thank you guys for coming on. We're gonna we're gonna talk about something really cool, something personal too. So um, you know, we are sharing personal views, personal things that have happened to us. So short disclaimer of saying, yeah, these are our personal stuff, these are mm-hmm. our stories. <laughs> and um, so we wanna kind of lean into that. But we're gonna talk about the journey of faith today. And this idea of you know how did you get from where you were to where you are, and um, whether that was from a place of unbelief to belief, or a place of I believed one way and now I believe another way that either is you know slightly different, or even like a complete one hundred and eighty shift in you know there are different sp- there's you know belief is a spectrum, and um, so let's um, so let's dive right in um, and let's let's start at the beginning so. Um, what did you where what did you believe growing up like where where were you kind of yeah the background?
2: Wow. <laughs> uh, so I definitely did not grow up an Adventist. I grew up um, primarily in a non-denominational church and I went to that church up until my junior year of high school. It was just before I started my junior year that we left. And in fact that church became very, very toxic over the years I was there and in fact it actually, Morphed and became a cult. I was in a cult. <laughs> oh, <laughs> t- wow. t- that
0: t- escalated very, very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm glad um, you're no longer in the in the cult. You're not in the. Are you? No. Okay. I'm no She's not in a
1: cult anymore. <laughs> no. We,
2: Ryan. Yeah. We um <laughs> Yeah. So got out of that situation through high school, and so uh, it, was, uh, it was a it was a wild transitioning from that. I didn't believe anything for a while because coming out of a situation like that, you don't yeah. really know. What to believe, especially being 16 years old, like I was. 16-year-olds don't know what to believe anyway. So, <laughs> yes, yeah, it's-, it's
0: a time where you're asking a lot of questions because you're starting to encounter mm-hmm. your beliefs independent of your family and and your mm-hmm. your yeah your your growing up. Lifestyle,
2: yeah. I was suddenly forced with that choice of like, okay, what do I believe? Because it's just me now, and mm-hmm. so yeah, it's been quite the journey. <laughs>
0: I believe it. All right, cool. Thank you for sharing that. Um, and we're definitely not gonna just leave that there. Um, so and then Rich, what about you? What, what's kind of your background with faith? I know you can't top that, it's fine. I
1: mean, I don't need to top it. It's, how do I? So, I grew up a Roman Catholic, and um, maybe when I... I'm trying to remember, always, I'm always rough on the ages. Just before Pathfinder age, maybe nine, ten, my mother, um, we moved in New York from where we were living to somewhere else, and we happened to move a few doors down from Seventh-day Adventist Christians, and their kids were my age. We hung out, and um, my mom was seeking. She was tending bar, and she we were taking going to Mass every Sunday. I even had my first communion as a Catholic just before my mother became baptized as a Seventh-day Adventist Christian. Oh, wow. And I actually embrace the message. I embrace a different Mm -hmm. mentality and viewing God and things of that nature. I've gone from there to being, to embracing that faith. Then in my teenage years, um, becoming very nominal, to even being a really nominal Christian while going to Southern, Mm -hmm. um, to becoming on fire while serving overseas as a missionary and a Bible teacher, to becoming um, a bit of a, uh, I would say I became legalistic in a way. Mm-hmm. I became yeah. very rules-based. I became very, you have to live your, your life the way I do. I had some extreme stances while also having some good balance. And then I learned to, I've, yeah. hopefully I am learning to overcome that. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I've also had a journey of overcoming racial bias, mm. um, even being from the north. And
0: Yeah. No, and, I think. Yeah. So that's would, kind of my journey. Yeah, you but and I had you,
1: i think of that when you asked me that question, those mm-hmm. journeys.
0: Yeah, and and both of you have taken like I grew up Adventist, so <laughs> um, So we've got some pretty good spec we've got a good spectrum here, even I have in, in, in experiences a way, too. But certainly not like you, Ryan. Yeah. Um, and um, I grew up Adventist. That doesn't mean I always obviously was one. And I certainly did have moments where I stepped away from church or stepped away from faith and mm. came back. I don't have the big like, oh I went out and parted and got drunk every two seconds and whatever, you know, rebel. No, it was just like I didn't like the way that things were done and I didn't really feel like being a part of it sort of deal. And mm. um then decided to to come back when I realized that yeah, I like I'm here because I believe what I believe. And um so, yeah, my, but my journey is pretty, like, I've been in the Adventist community my entire life, and it is interesting that we had classes together at Southern, and there were times where I was like, yeah, I, I actually remember not really associating with you at all, because I had heard some things you would say in class or comments, and I was like, yeah, I don't think he and I would get along. <laughs> um, and to be fair, that's not a good attitude for me to have ever had, right? I shouldn't just look at someone who thinks differently and go, cool, so we're never going to be friends. Um, but I do remember us getting together at a camp meeting, what, a year ago, mm-hmm. and just reconnecting and, and seeing how far both of us had come, really. And it's been really cool to connect with you and, and, and just have seen kind of different, not full ends of the spectrum, but different parts of that journey for you it has been really cool from my end. So, um, yeah, I just want to affirm you in that. Um, wow. Thanks, Brian. Yeah, I got you. Um, I know. You come on Echo and you get complimented. It's just how I live my life. Um, <laughs> so let's. So how did you... You know whether it was leaving the cult and coming into faith, or whether it was deciding to go from one area of faith to you know a different one. Um, you know what was what what made them change? What were some of the things that happened that that sparked it? Um, that sparked the journey back. If you can, it doesn't have to be cloud parting moments. It's just like what are the things that made you start thinking about it again? That made you wonder, like, hey, maybe I should, you know, change the way I view this, or I need to investigate this more.
2: Um, well, for me, it um, it was definitely a, a slow process because after, um, after we left that church, it was several years until, you know, I, I, I became an Adventist. And in that time, I didn't really like the person who I was and I didn't like the way that I felt. I was very depressed. I was making choices that weren't so great. And I just didn't really like the person that I was. And I could definitely tell that there was there was like a hole there was definitely something missing, and I tried to fill that hole, you know, with other things. I even tried to fill it at other churches, and one thing after another, things would happen, and it just wouldn't work out, and I felt like God didn't want me. Mm. And so when it happened, it happened through another person, a guy, and so that was just kind of the way that I, mm. and for me, it was. Adventism was is very different than what I was used to. So for me it was a complete 180 and definitely an adjustment. Mm. But it really really tested my faith.
0: <laughs> oh, I believe it, especially when you've got such kind of heavy baggage from a negative experience mm-hmm. around faith, like it's hard to start kind of re-asking those questions or opening those doors that you thought were closed and behind you or you've tried to live so much of your life not defined by them. Mm-hmm. To suddenly then come under the umbrella of them again, like that's a huge transition. Yeah. Um, and I, I, maybe I'm, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like this is probably something that even now you kind of uncover more and more little things along the way that you're like, oh, I guess I didn't fully overcome that yet. Or like, I didn't really settle that yet. Mm -hmm. Um, things that just come up along that journey.
2: It is. In fact, I was, um, talking to my mom about this, (laughs) about that just last night. And as I was talking about it, I felt myself tearing up a little bit. So Mm. I'm like, oh yeah, it was a pretty deep wound.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And that's, Um, you never, you never realize really how dysfunctional something was in the past until you're in a functional version of it later. Mm -hmm. Um, I can, I know of my relationships, even a past relationship being so dysfunctional and me not realizing how it affected me until I was in a relationship that was healthy. And I went, and I carried all the negative things from the dysfunctional in and I went, Mm -hmm. Oh wait, this, these habits I learned were not the ideal habit. Like they weren't good. I was just trying to survive. And so, yeah, it does really—it kind of amplifies some of that for sure. Um, so, yeah, no, that makes sense. What about you, Rich? What were some of the things that started to key your your shift in in mindset and paradigm?
1: Well, I'm gonna—I was—I have like a combo. I think I have like two to three methods that, through the various transitions, have been consistent. And piggybacking off of you, Rachel, I that moment for me where I was struggling with. Um, so I come from an, a, an abusive childhood background where my father was not part of that religious awakening that was my, with my mother and my siblings and I. Um, my father has been in the home, you know, my mother mother and father together yeah, my whole life. Mm-hmm. And um, But he, in that transition of faith, he was against it. He was against the change and transition. And I, you know, I grew up in New York. I had, Many of my classmates were Jewish and Catholic, Jewish and mm. Christian, you know. Hanukkah and Christmas, and so I was like, "All right, well, Sabbath and Sunday, here we go." <laughs> and a dad took us to mass once, and then stopped. But so, with my dad was abusive verbally. Um, very early, it was physical. Mm. I, I think there was an intervention, um, and through through the services of the Catholic Church, and counseling and such, the physical stopped, but the verbal was consistent. And regular. I'm still overcoming some of the psychological. Mm. I probably will be the rest of my life. Um, Even though I love my father and we are reconciled in a way. um, So with that abusive background, when I became a teenager, I started to behave like my father towards my siblings and towards Mm. my mother. Mm. Even getting to a spot where I physically was punching and hitting my brother, Zachary. Now, we were boys and we were fighting but there's a two-year age difference. Yeah. Mm. And there were some spots where I was, no one can pull me off of them. And my mother said, if you hit, this happens again, I'm calling the police. Wow. These kind of things where I started to become this abuser. And I was living this double life of struggling with pornography. And this kind of continued. And I got into a relationship while at Southern. And the physical certainly was toned down. But when I started dating this young lady, I would start to yell at her in arguments when my father yelled at me Mm. and I saw this starting to rise up and I was just filled with dread that I would raise kids like this and so this this single lady broke up with me while I was during that year of mission service in Punpei Micronesia Um, and it broke my heart man broke me apart Mm. I was just weeping in front of the chaplain's door and telling him what happened and I was just so alone so broken that I I had made this decision and told myself I was going to come to Jesus and read the Bible, read my Bible every day and encounter him like that. Yeah. But that kind of pushed me over the edge to start doing that. And I found him to be the friend that I had longed for my whole life. I would read the pages, read just a story at a time of scripture each morning and write to him in my journal like I was talking to him each morning. And I encountered a friend and a father like I'd never experienced before, mm. so that moment of desperation put me in that situation. Yeah. And then from there, I'd say that I was trying to be faithful to God, follow Him, and do what He wanted me to do all throughout the journey. And that was what fueled the guy you knew, Ryan. Yeah, and but the thing is, while that fueled me, I had a long way to go. Yeah, <laughs> I was picking up things from people I respected who were on that same journey that weren't from the Lord that were opinion or maybe there were things that worked well for that person or for me at that time, such as not watching any secular television or media, Mm -hmm. not listening to any secular uh, music or any worldly Christian music, things of that nature. And I got into some extremes. I was interrupted from this extremism at different times, largely by people who I saw had that fire for the Lord in them, but thought differently than me. Mm-hmm. Wow. I would demonize Spectrum Magazine and mm-hmm. as the great Satan ruining <laughs> God's church <laughs> yeah. and be very afraid that anyone who disagree with me, and yourself kind of included, Ryan, sorry. No, no, absolutely. We're as good. trying to bring in, whether they knew it or not, corrupting influences in the God's church, things like yeah. that. But when I had people who thought a little differently that I respected, they helped me to start to open my eyes and then start to more clearly see what the Bible actually said.
0: Yeah. No, that's— So, yeah. First of all, thank you for the vulnerability there. Mm -hmm. Um, My pleasure. That takes a lot of courage um, to speak to that kind of thing. Um, And secondly, yeah, I um, think—yeah, not offended at all. We definitely disagreed. (laughs) Like, that's not a secret. I think you and I both knew that. We just never talked. Yeah. Um, And um, it is— that's a huge journey and a huge thing to realize as well. Um, so good on you. Like I'm proud of you, and that's awesome that the Holy Spirit worked that way. Um, and and I think it's worth pointing out too that when you, when you say extremes, you're not saying that those things in and of themselves are extreme, but it's the way that you regard them, or the way that you uh, or the lengths you go to avoid them that becomes yes. the extreme, right? So thank you. It is okay for. I just want to make this like 100. I've gotten into this conversation before, in, in saying like if you're in a place where you do need to put away secular music, or you do need to put away, you know, whatever, you need, you want to refocus on hymns, and you don't want to listen to contemporary Christian or the other way around, right? Mm -hmm. There are, there are seasons of life where that's the thing, where Mm -hmm. that's something you need to do, or someone, um, someone comes out of a specific lifestyle, and they say, I don't want anything to do with that lifestyle in my life anymore, period. That's what I need for my faith. The problem comes when we start prescribing that for everyone else. Yeah. And I think that's um, that's the big thing, is understanding that what may cause you to sin may not cause someone else to sin. And everyone's temptation is, is kind of different. So um, what do you think is—or or why do you think it's important to remember our own journeys when it comes to— you know our journey's in faith when it comes to talking with other people who may believe like we do or may not believe the same way we do. Maybe they're an early Christian, and we want them to be mm. where we are, but they're just not there. Mm. You know why is it? why do you think it's important to remember
2: our own journey? Well, in a lot of ways, you never know who your experiences are going to help. And in a way, I, I feel comfortable talking about the things that I went through because I know to other people it makes me seem more human and Maybe someone can relate in that way. And it also makes me appreciate what I have now more. And it makes me really think about why I believe what I believe rather than just this is what I've always done. This mm-hmm. is I'm just accepted. No, I'm not going to accept it. It's a decision that I make for myself uh, because <laughs> not making decisions for myself uh, put me and my family in a very bad place.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's huge. What about you, Rich?
1: I think for me, I, I'm struggling with it. Trying to, to have patience with people who are stuck in their ways, mm. and just as I have been and likely still am stuck in mine. And um, what was your the question again? How how like why
0: is it important to remember your own journey yeah. when you're talking with other people?
1: Yeah, I think for that reason that yeah. I can be so frustrated with the how the experience is to me in the in the immediate that I can forget what it must have been like for you to talk to me
0: <laughs> yeah yeah it's well and i don't think i was further along in the journey than you i think i was just at a different place perhaps too perhaps yeah like i think i think we do and i'm not i'm not saying you're doing this but what i am saying is i think sometimes we do get the tendency of saying just because you're not where i am it means that you're further behind than me you're not I was, as advanced. i was so sure that you were
1: further behind than me
0: see and that's and i thought the same of you but <laughs> yeah. that's not what that meant we were literally you're in a completely different ju- place like your journey looks different it's not the same journey it's mm-hmm. the same god walking with us on our paths but the path looks different for each person Amen. and um very much so i think you and i were in very similar boats in understanding how our own identity and life experience played into the way we viewed god and viewed others in in the faith um but we were so we weren't further behind or ahead of one another we just um we were at different places, and um it is something that I think is is really significant to remember because the other thing too is look you may be you may be further ahead in something right mm-hmm. if 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 there is something to be ahead in and you are more advanced because you've studied it more or read it more, right it means that you have to remember that you didn't just jump from point A to point z. you had to get through point b c mm-hmm. d e right to get there. And remembering that other people have to get there too is important. So I, you know, when I talk about issues of race, when I talk about issues of, uh, you know, really any kind of big issue, um, equality or equity, anything like that, I'm, I have to remember like my own journey in that, and understanding that it was friends of mine who I finally I was seeing their experiences little by little and bit by bit, and eventually I started to go, oh, I got from point A to point B. Oh, this little thing here. Them to point C. Oh, this other thing, Mm -hmm. right? And every little, and when I remember that, I can now have compassion for someone else and patience with them. I can say, right? I need to let you, you know, have the space to have your journey. Hmm. And you're not any less saved than I am because you're on a different place in your journey. Um, Now, granted, if you're doing something that's completely antithetical to the belief system, that's different, right? Um, If you're going around murdering people, (laughs) probably a problem. Um, (laughs) Not even probably. So, right there is, you know, there's there's something there, um, but the in general right just being in a place in in a journey of your faith like i don't think i was any less saved or confident in jesus christ 10 years ago as opposed to now even though i believed something different 10 years ago as opposed to now but i still was a christian i was baptized um and i don't think this is a you know this is a journey where we change and grow over time so um Can thank you guys for coming on something yeah a little here yeah go for it
1: when you're talking when we were talking about that i remember a specific instance when I was working with GYC Southeast on the campus of Southern, and we had a testimony night set up Or the previous year. Um, I had several people come up and share testimonies after Vespers. And the next year, um, there was a new leader for the After for Afterglow, and this leader was very structured, had things set up, and she was making a brand. And I'd, we butted heads hardcore, because mm. she had <laughs> intro music,
0: Uh, and we were
1: scheduled, and we were set up, and I said, we can't have intro music like that. She's like, well, just," and it wasn't going to happen. And I was like, you're really going to take this from us because we're not comfortable with this? And I was just enraged, and I was like, Mm -hmm. she's trying to ruin the school, ruin this. And what I've realized, something that's helpful from that experience is, man, how I'm feeling now is likely how Karen felt then with me, with some of the individuals I feel with, mm. I'm journeying with. And I, if anything, I, it's made me realize you need to take, I didn't take Karen's sincerity seriously. Mm. I assumed a personal ad hominem agenda against me. And I can do the same thing when I'm working with people where I can assume that there's an ad hominem agenda against me yep. when they're just trying to defend yep. something important. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's not about so I think that's something we can whenever we have people we disagree with that we feel cuz they're not far enough along it's creating an issue.
0: Yeah. Absolutely.
1: That we need to assume their sincerity.
0: Yep. Yeah. And that happens on both ends of the spectrum too. Mm-hmm. Um you came from a legalism background but it comes from the, you know, progressive the 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 um the more independent or individualized version of faith too. So it definitely comes from both ends there. Um, But yeah, thank you for that. And thank you for sharing that as well. Rachel, any final thoughts, anything from you?
2: Um, Just that your experiences are part of your personal ministry and um, your, your path is your path, but that path, you know, leads to God. And that's what matters.
0: <laughs> awesome. Yeah. No. Thank you. Thank you to the both of you. Um, this has been awesome, and I've really appreciated you sharing your journeys and stories. And I know there's so much more than what 20 minutes can give us. But um, <laughs> thank you for for where you are and and for sharing. Um, and to those of you listening, thank you for listening for being a part of this journey with us. If you want to interact with more Echo content, you can head on over to theprojectrefresh.org, or you can find us on you know most social media and things like that. So you can check the show notes for details there. Um, But thank you for being on this journey with us, and we'll see you next week. Hey guys, thanks so much for listening to this episode of Echo. We hope you enjoyed it. To stay up to date with new episodes as we release them, and for more awesome content from Project Refresh, a ministry of the Carolina Conference of the Seventh-day Adventist Church, then go ahead and hit that subscribe button below. And don't forget to like and leave a comment. This episode of the Echo Podcast is
2: sponsored by Southern Adventist University.